Hey, welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. And let me just confess my faults to my brothers listening to this. The last couple of weeks, I have struggled with patience. I have caught myself being a little snappy with the kids. I haven't just lost my mind, but I've done things just in a quick moment as, as a reaction. And mentally, I've made a note... I, I don't need to do that. I, I need to be patient. If only if only there was a podcast that talked about having proper expectations with kids, that would be so helpful. But I've caught myself being a little snappy the last couple of weeks. And I've gone back to the kids and I've tried to smooth it over. I've tried to apologize. I've tried to make it right. But I just want you to know that I'm not just trying to give you advice. I'm trying to help you think. I'm trying to help you look at your life as a dad and determine what you could do better and how you could be a better dad, how I can be a better dad. I'm not just giving you stuff that I think you need to know. I'm giving you stuff that I think we all need to know, myself included. And so in sharing the good stories and and also sharing the faults and the confessions, I think we support one another. Your stories support me, they motivate me, and I hope that mine support and motivate you. Because this is all about helping men love being dads, helping dads become better dads every single day, and I'm definitely a part of the first two categories. But third and finally, I want to build community so that we can uphold each other, share stories with each other, bless each other, And together, we can better father our future. That's the goal. So, become a part of the community. You can find Fathering Our Future on Instagram, on Facebook. You can be a part of the Dad's Only group on Facebook. Just send a request to be a part of the group. And as long as you're a dad, or expecting to be a dad, and you don't share an account with your wife, you can be a part of the group. Because it's Dad's Only, and we want to keep it that way. But outside of that, if you want to get a hold of me, if you have questions or if you want to share a story, provide input, feedback, recommended guests, or anything of that nature, you can send me an email at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com, and I promise you I will respond and I will be very delighted to hear from you. So thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being a part of this community, for subscribing and hopefully rating the podcast. I'd appreciate that too. But I am glad that you're with me because we're at the end of the year, and this is a time where we all start to reflect. We look at the year 2021, we analyze ourselves, and we think to ourselves, what did we dislike? What did we not accomplish? And we use that content to form our resolutions for 2022, and we think, you know, I want to be this type of a person. I don't want to make this mistake. I want to make X amount of money. I want to lose X amount of weight. We look at ourselves, we analyze everything from this year, and we make resolutions for the year to come. I'm being very intentional about my topics for this month because I want us as dads to consider our expectations with our kids and think are we expecting our kids to be kids? Or are we sometimes getting a little bit 
snappy in our reactions, as if they're not quite on the same page as I am. They're not as old and as mature. They're not as involved in the finances. They're not as involved in work. They're not on the same page that we are. And sometimes our expectations of our kids can be a little wrong. Just let me put it that way. So we need to work on reframing those expectations. So I hope that as it is one of my resolutions for 2022, that it will be one of yours as well. And today I want to talk about preparation. Because preparation is one of those things that I think overall most people in our generation don't do a great job at. The simple fact is we're a generation of procrastinators because we really like instant gratification. Why would we spend time preparing a meal in the kitchen when we could just hop in our car and go to Chipotle and have something that we really, really like and enjoy? That's what we failed to do constantly. We have so many options. So much is just right there for us to take hold of and grab and make ours. Why would we spend so much time preparing something when it's already been done for us? So I think sometimes we struggle with preparation. And look, I understand that it's hard enough sometimes to live in the moment. Life is busy. We're involved in several extra things. And then on top of that, there's surprises. There's events and occurrences that we never anticipate. We never, ever plan on our car breaking down. We never, ever plan on there being a leak in our roof. We never plan on things going wrong, but they happen all the time. And it throws off the schedule. It throws off all of our plans. It ruins things. It sets things back. It adds more chaos to our life. And in the midst of all of the craziness, through it all, as dads, we still have to be diligent and prepare ourselves. But for what exactly? Well, we have a responsibility to help our kids deal with hardships, navigate change, and overcome obstacles. From the time we are born, we are encountering change and challenge. And intrinsically, we have this desire for understanding. Now, I'm sure all of the veteran dads out there can think back to this if it doesn't you know, make you twitch, but you can think back to the time where your kids went through that phase where they just asked why about everything. And you can answer the question, and they're going to follow up your response with, why? And you can answer it again, and they're going to follow up your response with, why? And eventually, you just have to get to the point where, like, look, we can have this conversation in 25 years. Like, this is unnecessary. Stop asking me why. You have to just shut it down. If you haven't got to that phase yet, play into it a little bit, but you're going to have to just shut it down. That's the only way to stop that conversation. But every kid does this. And it's because we as humans have this innate desire to understand. With your kids having this natural desire to understand, you have an incredible ongoing opportunity to teach, instruct, 
and guide your kids. And if you want to do this successfully, you need to prepare. You need to have preparation as a part of your routine. Now, don't just think to yourself, look, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt, I'll just share my experience with my kid, and everything's going to be fine. Honestly, think to yourself for a moment, was everything that you did in your past what you want your kids to have as a plan for when they go through the exact same things? If you said yes, let me just go ahead and give you a diagnosis here. You're egotistical and you have a pride and self-honesty issue because no one could answer that question yes. We didn't all do it right. If you said no, you're normal, and thank you for being a part of this community of messed up, misfit fathers. (laughs) But the reality is, we've all messed up. Each of us as individuals, we do not have all the answers to all the questions. So we've got to prepare, because there's still things that we probably have to learn. There's still things that we probably need to fully understand. And with the world constantly changing, there's always a new context for everything to fit in. You have to prepare. And if you're at the point where you're expecting to have kids, you're at a great place to prepare. Because you need to prepare yourself to bring that baby home. And if you're at that point, congrats, by the way. You're going to have a wonderful time being a dad. It's the best. But... You need to prepare. Your crib needs to be set up. You need to have your little bag set up and your car seat needs to be installed before you ever go to the hospital for the delivery. Be ready. Be prepared. Work in advance now while you have the time to have everything in its place. But beyond that, there comes a day where your baby starts to move around. Are you ready for that? There comes a time where your kid gets curious and they want to touch everything. Are you ready for that? And newsflash, kids like to taste everything. They put everything in their mouth. Are you ready? What about the why phase? You're never ready. Just just buckle up for that one. What about the day your kid home your kid comes home from school and says, "Hey, my friend at school said this." And your eyes get big and you're Mouth won't close, and you're like, oh my goodness. What happens on that day? What about when your kid comes home and says, hey, I think I have a crush? What about when puberty sets in and you have to have that talk with your son? What about when peer pressure really starts to build up? What about when they have to learn how to drive and they have to bear the responsibility of a vehicle? What about when they start a job and they start handling money? What about when they move out? What about when they think they find the one and they actually get married? And then they're expecting a child of their own. What about when they deal with their own tragedy? I think you get the picture. There's a long list and it is ongoing because remember, you'll always be a dad. There's always a part for you to play in your kid's life. So in this infinite list of issues and challenges and changes that your kid will go through, are you prepared to address 
all of those things. Now, fortunately, you don't have to try and research every little thing. I know I asked you to think, you know, did you do everything right? And you probably answered no, because you did mess up. And yeah, we've messed up, but in other areas, we did okay. There are some things that you probably executed very well, even in your youth. And you can take that experience and you can give it to your kid at the appropriate time, and it will be a game changer. So applaud yourself because you weren't a complete failure. You did okay. And so some of that you can hold on to and use it at the right moment. But what I want you to understand is preparation is a bit double-sided. So you can work and prepare your kid, but there's also preparation that you have to do yourself. Let's talk about peer pressure, for example. We all know it's easy to be swayed by the masses. If you're in a room with 50 people and everyone else starts running for the exit, you will have no idea why, but the likelihood of you taking off and joining everyone is nearly 100%. You'll ask questions later. You don't have to understand why everyone's doing what they're doing. You just understand that everyone is doing something that you're not. And so you join in with the group. And the reality is there's comfort in doing what everyone else is doing. You don't stand out. You fit in. You gain acceptance almost instantly. All things that make us feel good. But the reality is just because something makes you feel good, that does not always make it right. I want my kids to be true to themselves, to stand firm on what is right. So I try to prepare them even now. My son is five, my daughter is three, and my baby girl is one. And I'm working with them now to prepare for peer pressure. Now, I had a proud dad moment that I need to share here with my son, Frankie. This happened a few months back. He went to Sunday school, and while he was at Sunday school, he came home, he told us a story. While he was at Sunday school, the teacher said they were getting ready to do something, and Frankie was near the front, and there was a girl, and then there were like three or four other little boys. And one of the boys in that little group said, boys are going to go first. And one of the other boys echoed, yeah, boys are going to go first. Well, Frankie said, no, girls go first. And I know that this may be viewed by some as some archaic lesson that no longer is relevant in our world today. I don't care. I was taught this, and I still teach my son this, and I stand by it. I think ladies should go first. I think it's a nice thing to do as a gentleman to let ladies go first. It doesn't inconvenience you. It's just a nice thing to do. So I teach my son, Frankie, ladies first and girls first. You got two sisters. Get used to it, buddy. No big deal. You're going to be okay. I promise you're going to make it through. Girls go first. So Frankie looked at the boys and he said, no, girls go first. And of course, they had their rebuttal of, no, boys go first. Yeah, you know, and they, you know, they're rallying as this group of boys saying, boys go first. Frankie was just like, no, that is not right. Girls go first. I was so proud as a dad that when he had the opportunity to jump on the bandwagon with the rest of the boys and just become a part of the group, he stood by what he was taught. He said, no, 
No, girls go first. You were wrong. Girls go first. He didn't cave to the peer pressure. And I know that it's just a small example. And I understand the peer pressure gets much worse when you're in high school, when you're in college. It increases significantly, but it's the little things now that prepare kids for those moments ahead of them. So I want to say this a couple of times, but start preparing your kids as soon as you can. I promise that it will be worth it. Even when it comes to driving, your kids are going to be a little older at this point. They're going to be, what, 15, 16 years old, likely? I explain to my kids right now how everything works. And I'm not trying to shame you if you haven't done this, and you probably have and you probably haven't realized it because this is something that I think just guys do in general. But I talk to my kids now about driving. I explain to them what I'm doing. My kids understand green means go, red means stop, yellow means slow up a little bit. The best part about this is that my kids can spot bad drivers. Frankie's really good at it now because he's been riding with me on boys trips and all this fun stuff. And I wouldn't say that I have road rage, but I definitely do have louder conversations with other drivers. I just, you know, I want to make sure that they can actually hear my criticism of their horrible driving. But Frankie joins in and it is the best when you have, you know, your little kid in the back just rallying you on and then really taking the lead with the criticism of the other drivers. It's a lot of fun. Frankie tells people that they need to get off the road. Frankie also tells people that they need to learn how to drive or he will go to their house and take their toys away. And when he says that, I lose my mind. It it makes me not mad at the other drivers. But at the same time, I still try and like coax him to do it more because it's, it's, it's just cute. It's a funny thing. And I'm happy to be his dad because, you know, that means the world to me. But the reality is, is yeah, it's years away from my kids, but it's a big responsibility. And by doing little things, now I can help prepare them for that moment. Now, this is something that I don't do a lot, and I would caution you with this one. And if you're going to do it, make sure it's very obvious that you're being silly or humorous. But sometimes I give my kids an opportunity to lie. Maybe this could be you just give your kids an opportunity to do the wrong thing. So every night, our kids take these gummy vitamins, these gummy vites. And Reagan just turned three, so Reagan gets to have two of the big bears. You're just going to have to deal with our at-home language. But two of the big bears, like Frankie, and one of the little bears, while Frankie still gets two little bears. So I called them both up the other night, and I said, okay. I said, who gets one little bear? And Frankie was like, Reagan does. Reagan, you know, acknowledged it, yes. And I said, okay. Gave Reagan her one. And I said, okay, who gets three little bears? And Frankie kind of looked around, and he looked at me. He said, no, I just get two. I I get two little bears. I was like, okay, great. I gave him two, but I gave him an opportunity because they like these gummy vites. I don't know what they taste like. I've never tried them. And I wouldn't give him more than he's supposed to have. But I gave him an opportunity to try and take advantage of maybe me misspeaking or not understanding correctly. But he said, no, I, I get two. And then the second time around, I said, okay, 
I said, who gets five big bears? Well, Reagan was like, I do. <laughs> it's like, ah. But Frankie, st- Frankie did it first. Frankie was like, no, 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 no. We only get two big bears. But I just thought it was wonderful. And, you know, Reagan's 50-50 on that, and she's three, so I- I'm still proud of her. But I just thought it was great that my son at five years old, when given an opportunity to do something that maybe he thinks that he would enjoy getting lots of those gummy bites to eat because they're like gummy bears, basically. When having that opportunity, he doesn't pounce on it. He says, no, I get two. He still chose to do what's right. He's still held to what he's been taught. And that makes me proud as a dad. So it's little things like that that you can do. And It doesn't matter if your kids are a little older. There's still things that they're going to go through that you have an opportunity to prepare them for. Now, maybe you miss some of the stuff. Not dad shaming you, but maybe your kids aren't yet in college. Well, there's some preparation that you can do to help them, to help yourself. There's some things that you can do when it comes to marrying someone. If they're in relationships and they're dating, you have an opportunity. You don't have to just you know, try to plunge yourself in there to make up for what you feel is lost time. It's the little things done consistently. These are the game changers in preparation. So let's talk about how you can prepare on your side of things. Let's go with the college example. This is a really easy one to understand. And again, it's little things over time just done consistently. The college deal, I think most of us probably want our kids to go to college. How can we help? How can we prepare for that? On our side, just start saving money. It's really easy to do. I mean, it's probably one of those things for most people that's easier said than done. But if you'll just be intentional and you'll be disciplined about it, you can do it. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, why well, don't I make a lot of money? That's okay. My wife's grandmother and grandfather would literally put pocket change into an account for their grandkids. And they would do it consistently. And over time, when Lindsay was actually able to utilize that account, it was a blessing. It was really helpful. So the reality is, maybe you don't pay for college entirely, but maybe you buy all the books they need for a year. Maybe you pay for a year of their college. That's awesome. That's helpful. This is a way that you have been able to bless your kid in order to further their education. You don't have to say, well, you know, there's no way I'll be able to save enough money to help them have a full ride. That, that doesn't have to be your goal. Your goal is I'm just going to set money aside to help them when it comes time to attend college. It's small things done consistently over time. That is how you can prepare on your side of things. You can prepare yourself for the talk that you're going to have to have with your son when puberty sets in. Now, I would highly recommend going back and listening to the episode where I interviewed Tim Jacobs on raising a son going through adolescence because he's one of my greatest buddies and I think he's incredibly intelligent, but he utilized a third-party resource and walked through it with his son prior to him going through puberty to help him get through it. And just think about this for a moment. If you go to see a doctor because you're having some sort of complication, and he says, here, just take three of these. Take three of these a day for the next 90 days, and let's see what happens. 
Well, if you start taking the medication like you're supposed to, and all of a sudden you start noticing that you've got some hives, all of a sudden you notice that you start having a cough, that you feel a little achy, you're tired, whatever it may be, you know, what you might do, what a lot of crazy people do, sorry if you do this, but you are crazy, you know, you go to Google, you go to WebMD, and you look up your symptoms, and you find out, I have 25 minutes to live. That's crazy. Don't do that. But you you get afraid because you don't understand what's going on. But if you have a good doctor, and he says, look, take three of these every single day for the next 90 days, and this is, this is we're going to get through this. Here's what you can expect. If you start to see hives, if you start to feel really tired, if you start to get a little bit of a cough, those things are okay. Those are normal side effects with the medication. Don't worry about it. But if you start to have bleeding from your ears, then you give me a call because we need to make some adjustments. And you know what would happen if you had that information before going through the medication process? When you start to get that little cough, you wouldn't think anything of it. When you start to see some hives here and there, you wouldn't think anything of it because you were prepared for that to happen. So as a dad, when your son's getting ready to go through that phase where he's going to notice some changes, he's going to see some things a little differently. He's going to start feeling a little differently. He's going to experience things that he's not experienced before. If you can tell him, look, son, this is going to happen. This is going to change. You're going to start feeling this way. You're going to start experiencing this. And look, I'm with you every step of the way. I promise you, I promise you it is going to be a game changer because when you go through something new, but you know what to expect because someone has prepared you for what you will experience, you go through it with so much more peace than you would have had you not been told or prepared for the road ahead. So again, go back and check out that interview with Tim Jacobs. I promise it is going to help you. But let's talk about something else. How about preparing for failure? Because your kids are going to fail. How do you deal with that the right way? You could prepare for failure by learning to give grace. Now, grace is something that's not given when it's deserved. The consequence for failing you know, could be severe. But grace says you failed. That's okay. We'll get through it. Grace is unmerited favor. Now, there are different ways that you can talk about grace, that you could portray grace, but here's one that happened with me recently, and I'll admit that I'm not always faithful to do this, but I was at a stoplight the other day, and there was a man by the side of the road who was trying to get money. And I rolled the window down, and I asked him how he was doing, and his response was just wonderful. He said, he said I'm just thankful to God that I have another day. And he was really a delight to talk to, and I tried to talk to him, and we just chatted, and I said, look, I said, I don't have any cash that I can give you. I said, I've got a little compartment here with some change in it. I said, I'm happy to take a handful of it and put it in your cup, and he said, every little bit would help. He said, I'd really appreciate it. And so that's what I did. Now, he did not do anything for me. He did not render a service that I needed to pay for. There was no true exchange that was happening. It was just, I had an opportunity to grace this man with a gift, and I did. Not that I'm anything great. I'm still in the process. I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to be better every single day, just like you. 
But I had an opportunity to extend grace to someone that I did not know, and I did it. It's the implementation. It's the practice. There are some things that you can read about and study, but there's other things that you have to start practicing. Some of the things that you read about and study need to be more than a head knowledge. They need to be an experience. Grace is one of those things. You can't just read about grace and then learn to give it. You have to practice it. Just think about this for a moment. You literally could watch 10,000 hours. I just, <laughs> sorry, I said literally, and I shouldn't have said literally at that point. And I literally read an article. Now I'm going to play, I'm going to play with it a little bit, but I read an article about all these people saying millennials use the word literally all the time when it's not called for. And I just caught myself. And I think I did it just because I read that article. Sidebar, sorry, moving forward. But you could watch 10,000 hours of Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady teaching proper technique on throwing a football. Everything you need to know on throwing a football the best way. You could have that material memorized. You could have it completely understood. You could be able to teach it yourself, but you still aren't ready to perform and play in a game because you have to implement that knowledge through action. If you want to overcome performance anxiety, you have to put yourself in a place of pressure and then you have to practice. I think about David. David walks up to fight Goliath, and what a mismatch that was. He's the definite underdog. But for David, this wasn't the first time he did it, because David had been an underdog when he went face-to-face with a lion, but he won. David was the underdog when he went face-to-face with the bear, but he won. David had fought a lion. David had fought a bear. And when it came time to fight Goliath, it wasn't even that big of a deal. And that's why we read the story and we think, wow, look how great David was. David didn't just have a head knowledge of how to fight, of how to defend his flock, of how to throw a rock with a slingshot. David had experience. David had high-pressure situations where it was like the real deal. And when it came time for, for Goliath, no biggie. And the other thing I mentioned this, I want to say it again. If you have the opportunity, while you have young kids, to start preparing them and yourself, do it. And continue to build from there, because it's that little consistency over time in preparing them that is going to change everything for them when those high-impact moments come. For you and for them, it's the same both ways on both both sides of the coin of preparation. The consistency is going to be a tremendous factor. Because while there are things that you need to learn and research, you, whether you acknowledge it or not, you're preparing your kids for so many things by the way you live your life. They're going to learn to have conversations and discussions because 
You were so intentional about starting them. They're going to learn how to be in a healthy relationship because they've seen how you treat and care for your wife. They're going to learn how to be a leader because they've watched you be a servant. They're going to learn how to deal with change and challenge because they've seen you faithfully endure change and challenge for years. So here's what I want you to do, dads. I want you to prepare yourself because that's also preparing your kids. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for being with me and listening today, and I hope you will join me next time.